It's 4 o'clock and time for the Calvary Live Show, taking your calls and questions about life, the Bible, and living in Jesus. The number to call is 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to today's edition of Calvary Live. We're so encouraged that you've chosen to join us where we take your calls and your questions, 303-690-3000. To get on the air, 303-690-3000. The phone lines are already working and already lighting up. This number is good for everyone in Philadelphia, uh, Pennsylvania area, in Maryland, in New Jersey, in Colorado, Cheyenne, Wyoming. The number works anywhere during this hour. Uh, Call us and you can be on the air with us live. Of course, you guys on the East Coast, remember that you're hearing the show a week delayed, uh, but when you call, you'll be calling a live, you'll be on live uh, with our audience in Colorado, and then it'll air a week later on this day in, on the East Coast. So call us. You are, you, we, you are a part of the show, and we would love to have you uh, join us no matter where you are. Uh, this is the show where we take your calls and your questions. We talk about the things uh, of things concerning life and uh, things that concern our relationship with Jesus Christ. Uh, I think the way that Peter puts it, that we've been given all things pertaining to life and godliness through the knowledge of Jesus Christ. My name is Ed Taylor. I'm the pastor here at Calvary in Aurora, Colorado, where the show originates from. Uh, It originates from the Grace FM radio network in Colorado, so everyone listening on 89.7 here in the metro area, all the way north into Wyoming, and then down at 101.7 in Colorado Springs. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Give me a call. I know the phone lines are full, so when you when you try to call, uh, and it's busy, wait for a caller to drop off, and then you'll be most likely getting the next open line. So while we wait for all the calls to be screened, uh, we want to read to you from today's devotional in book entitled Beside Still Waters. Beside Still Waters, this is a devotional by Charles Spurgeon that was edited by Roy Clark, and it is subtitled Words of Comfort for the Soul. Words of Comfort for the Soul. Today's entry is entitled Surrounded by God, and the scripture is Deuteronomy chapter 33, and... Let me see if I can get to it. My computer's not cooperating. Deuteronomy 33, 26, and here's the Devo. God surrounds his children. We dwell in him. There's no one like the God of Jeshurun, who rides the heavens to help you, and in his excellency on the clouds. The eternal God is your refuge, and underneath are the everlasting arms. He will thrust out the enemy from before you. These verses show that the Lord is above, around, and underneath his saints. Lord, you've been our dwelling place in all generations. We are as surrounded by you as the earth is surrounded by the atmosphere. Within thy circling power I stand. On every side I find thy hand. Awake, asleep, at home abroad. I'm surrounded still with God. The eternal God is your dwelling place and your rest. And underneath are the everlasting arms. A parallel passage is, is, is in Song of Solomon chapter 2, verse 6. His left hand is under my head, and his right hand embraces me. The soul has come to its resting place in God and is supported by divine strength. The heart 
has learned to live in Christ Jesus and to lean on him day and night. We are like Noah's dove, weary and about to drop into the destroying waters. But Noah puts out his hand, takes her, and draws her into the ark, Genesis 8-9. She was safe in the hollow of his hand, held by her Savior with a firm but tender grip. The dove found a refuge that surrounded and upheld her. The hands covered her on all sides. The hand of God sustains those who dwell in the secret place of the Most High and abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom, in Him I will trust, Psalm 91. 303-690-3000. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to Calvary Live. My name is Ed Taylor. I'm the pastor here at Calvary Aurora. More information on Calvary Aurora can be found at calvaryaurora.org. That's A-U-R-O-R-A, 303-690-3000. Also, information, uh, I have a website if you're interested in teachings, and I I write regularly on uh, raw thoughts on grief, life, grief, and ministry. If that's something that interests you, you can subscribe to uh, at my website, edtaylor.org, edtaylor.org. And let's go right to the phone lines now with Nehemiah is calling from Denver. Nehemiah, welcome to the program. Hi, Pastor Ed. How are you doing today? Good. How are you? Good. Um, my question is, um, I grew up in church my whole life, you know, and recently I've just been feeling this calling in my soul and my spirit to... Uh, reach out to the homeless community here in Denver. And um, as I've been reaching out, um, God's been opening doors and opening people's hearts. And one of my friends, um, he's a Muslim, and um, he's really turned off by the idea of Christianity and um, just all the politics and worldviews, basically, that um, um, Christianity is kind of um, putting out nowadays, I guess. And I just wondering what would good, be a good way to kind of soften his heart and, you know, kind of get him to, to maybe listen to, to what I have to say about, you know, the good news and the gospel. Well, when I'm ever, whenever I'm sharing uh, the good news with anyone, I, I want to be careful to uh, really think of the person that's in front of me, not necessarily all the craziness that's surrounding us and all the different points of view and all the eschatology viewpoints, all the all the various things, and 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 really remember that my goal is to build a bridge, and and that's really my heart. My heart is to build a bridge, and I realize that it may not happen in a moment. Uh, it may not it may not happen in an instant. I mean, if I only have an instant, then I think I can make a compelling um, case for that. But if I I need to remember that the the reality of of ministry is is relational, and I want to be careful to build a relational um, type of, of uh, connection with someone. And so I want to build a bridge, and I'm I'm building a bridge for two reasons. Uh, number one, I'm building a bridge to go to that person, and number two, I'm building a bridge so I can bring them with me. Uh, and and so if I if I have a second opportunity or a third opportunity with someone then I really want to get to know where they're coming from, their point of view, and take the Word of God and answer their real, valid questions. Even if it does kind of trip a wire of some of the craziness that's happening in the church today or 
some of the infighting that happens in church or the politics or you know the 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 viewpoints and how easy it is to dig in our heels and you know the the reality of of the you know how we don't really we don't really uh demonstrate the love of Jesus as well as we can all of that right uh, and right. be real I think the, the problem is too is that a lot of Christians are very judgmental um towards other religions and I don't think that that's our position at all is to judge but um it seems it, he came to me and you know was it, it really hurt my heart you know to to hear his views on Christianity in the western western part of the world you know and without imposing my beliefs on him um you know I, I guess you basically answered my question about sort of building a relationship with him um but yeah it's just it's hard man and the other quick question that I had for you is what do you what do you think about all these people that are um uh, they have this flat earth theory, these Christians that are, that are coming out saying that the earth is actually flat, that, um, that we've been misled as part of the great deception. Yeah. I, I don't agree with them. I don't, I don't really okay. spend a lot of time exploring that. Right. I don't agree with them. Right. I think, I think it's one of those tangents that gets us off the main, the real main issue. And the main issue is whatever earth we have, which I believe the Bible describes around earth, uh, on more than one place was created by God who sent his son Jesus Christ uh, to die. There's no great deception on whether the earth is flat or round. Uh, the, the great deception would be in some false teaching that would replace the emphasis of Jesus Christ. Right. Okay. I don't give well, him really a lot of time. I appreciate your time. Yeah. I mean, if we gave time to every diverging view or every disagreement, or right. I, we would just we would be wasting our time chasing them all down. Right. I just noticed there's just an upper seems in that realm and it's weird i didn't know whether um to research more into that or just to kind of let it be as it is um but it's weird that other christians are bringing that up to me it was a it was a few yeah it was actually a few um months ago where i got my first call on the show about that and the unfortunately the brother really wanted to argue and and not really dialogue and and we didn't go too far in the discussion but that was the first i even heard of that you're the second one that's bringing up the topic, okay. and I, I didn't even know it was around. So, um, yeah, I mean, stick to the scriptures. Uh, if if you want to research it, a great site that you can get a simple article is gotquestions.org. And in one page or less, they will give you enough information that will validate a biblical worldview that would undermine that false that false assessment. Okay. Well, I really appreciate you, like I said, and I, I enjoy listening to you every day, and fight the good fight. Thanks, brother. God bless you. Thank you. God bless. Bye-bye. 303 You're listening to Calvary Live. My name is Ed Taylor. I'm the pastor here at Calvary in Aurora, Colorado. Taking your calls and your questions, there is an open line. We're going to move right on to line number two is Bianca, also calling from Aurora. Bianca, welcome to the program. How are you doing, Pastor Ed? I'm great. How are you? I'm doing really great. I just want to share a brief testimony just for the sake of those of you that might be feeling a little 
discouraged or maybe that the Lord can't use you in the state you're in because I know some people do tend to think that and that's not true at all because I know it's been a while since I've actually shared my testimony and I believe the Lord is calling me to share it again so I'll just be really really brief so I'm not really going to mention too much about my blindness because I know most of you know that I'm blind, but I know that for those of you listening on whatever radio stations they are, I know you all probably don't know that I'm blind, but but to get to the point, the Lord has really been using me to minister to the Jewish community here in Denver. And it's really something that the Lord stirred on my heart back about a year ago. And I just find it so encouraging that all the Jewish people that I have been talking to are at least listening to me. Of course, I I don't get to the heart of the matter right away because obviously that's the Lord's timing, but the Lord's just been using me in a powerful way, and I know the Lord can use you as well in whatever area the Lord's calling you in. So That's great. I don't know what area it might be, but just be encouraged that the Lord can use anyone. Yes, yes. Thank you so much, Bianca. All right, bye. Have a good evening. Bye-bye. 303-690-3000 is the number. we got open lines here on Calvary Live. Uh, while we're waiting for the next call, if you are in the Denver metro area, we want to invite you to the Love and Respect Live Marriage Conference. It's coming here to Calvary Aurora on February 17th and 18th. Uh, there are some charges involved. It is very reasonable uh, that will pour into your marriage and encourage you. Uh, you can register at calvaryaurora.org slash love and respect. We would love to have you come out. Um, love and Respect, you know, is a book and a, and a video curriculum. Um, maybe your church has actually used this curriculum. We're, actually, we're going to have Dr. Uh, Emerson and Sarah Egrich is here live uh, for this conference coming to Denver. So whether you're part of Calvary Aurora here or you're part anywhere from up and down the front range, you are invited and you are welcome uh, here to be built up in your marriage, to pour into uh, your marriage, uh, and to to give yourself uh, opportunity to grow in both your love and respect for one another. That's the weekend of February 17th and 18th, and the uh, registration is ongoing right now. If you have any questions, call the church. 303-628-7200. We're going to move back to the phone lines. We have Danny calling from Aurora. Danny, welcome to the program. Hey, Pastor Ed, how you doing? Good, how are you? I'm doing all right. I'm just uh, just uh, had a question. It's going to be hard to relay this, but um, okay. 
I'll try not to be a little too long-winded, but uh, just in relation to uh, church. Okay. Um, not as the body, even though the body, that's what the church is, but yeah. you go to a physical location, and that's what people call church. Right. Um, but uh, my wife and I have been involved in uh, several ministries and uh, anyway, uh, since we come back from uh, the military and gotten out of the military and and all that fun stuff, um, we've come back and gotten involved in churches, um, you know, several churches here, um, and we're just having a hard time connecting with people. Um, and I don't know if if you know it has to deal with. You know, people are just busy, or people have their own friends and groups already, um, or, you know, and, and we've gotten involved in small groups. We've uh, actually started serving at churches, uh-huh. um, and, you know, it just, it seems like either... You know, you know, I don't want. I always say, but it seems like people are dead. Uh, but maybe people are just so busy, um, or you know, I, I guess what I'm trying to say is I, I don't, I don't understand what's happening because my wife and I were involved in, in ministry. That's how we met in yes. Afghanistan, and it was glorious. You know, it was like the Bible: people loving each other, eating with each other serving one another, praying for one another, caring for one another, you know. And when, since I've been here in Denver, I've gone to the, you know, all these churches, it just seems like it's about the church being a business. You know, the shepherds don't really care for the sheep. Uh, they, you know, uh, you could walk up to somebody, you know, which I've done, and, and you know, a leader in the church you know, it doesn't even have to be a leader in the church, but just anybody. And I, I shared with somebody, you know, I'm struggling in my walk, and I need help. I need encouragement. And their answer was, you know, at the time, the, the answer was, let me pray for you. And then I, you know, and then they had a small group. Well, I started going to the small group, and all we did was come and, and just, you know, have an agenda of make sure, you know, let's go through these scriptures that we have here and care about you and see you later, you know? And that's what I feel like church is like too. You come, you listen to a man talk to you and then you go home, you know? I just, I'm, I'm lost as to where the church is that, when it says in God's word that by your love for one another, they will know that you are my people, that you are my sheep, yes. you are my disciples. I'm, I'm lost as to where the church is when, you know, you have someone who's spiritually poor, spirit and, and, and whatever, and they express that. And it's like there's no, you know, let me, let me walk with you, brother. You know, or uh, there's no one-on-one discipleship, you know. Well, Jesus, you know, when he was with the disciples, he was one-on-one with them for 
three years, you know, living with them, teaching them, showing them, delegating to them, uh, instructing them. Um, and you don't see that today in church hardly anywhere either. You know, I've asked for it. Um, anyway, I, I know it, I know it seems like a lot and, and whatever. And I mean, and I don't want to be calling out churches that we've been to, but it's just, you know, churches with biblically, who are biblically sound, doctrinally sound, uh, and everything, but the heart you know, the, the love, the willingness to sacrifice and lay down our lives, you know, it's not there. But that's who I am. Right. And I find the problem. I'm, I'm extremely, uh, you know, struggling uh, and extremely uh, downtrodden because, you know, I have so much that I want to give and, and, and serve people because I've done it. I've, I've, you know, I've, I've been there and, and I just, I can't find the avenue. I can't find people who are solely interested in the things of God and not the things of the world. Everybody that I talk to, you know, they're all, they're so caught up in the world, you know, and Christians, you know, and, and I'm just like, I can't relate to you because that, and actually I had a thought about this when you talked to the gentleman on uh, the first call yes. about the Muslim. Yes. You know, you were saying, well, like, build relationships and stuff like that. Well, for me, I'm like, you know, I, I don't know how to build relationships with people who are so caught up in the world and all they talk about is this movie and that movie and and uh, I'm doing this worldly thing over here. And, and, well, I don't do that stuff, so right. I can't really relate to you. But if you, just like John was saying— the fellowship that we have in Christ, I could totally have that all day long. Sure. But I don't find that. When you start talking about the things of God, uh, you know, it's it's like people are just not interested. You know, they want to talk about how much fun they're having in the world. And and I'm like, I, you know, and I'm not, I'm not judging them. I don't really care, you know, what you do. That's between you and God. But, like, where's the fellowship that we have in Christ? That's sure. what I'm looking for, you well, know? Well, like you said, it's a multifaceted uh, point that, that really what the Holy Spirit is, is working out in your heart. Um, you know, if I thought through some of the things that you said, I don't know that there's any church on the planet Earth that exists today, whether it's in Denver or Philadelphia or anywhere, that is a, that is a real, true representation of what church could be, you know, I, and what the, the body can be and what the group can be, because we know whether they're ga- whether we're gathering in a building or a strip mall or under a tree at a park, the Bible and God through His Word defines the church as you and me, and we're the church. So as we're, we're the bride of Christ, uh, and then collectively, uh, as multitudes of believers, we're the bride of Christ. So we have an individual responsibility that you're speaking of as you make observations on the churches that you visited, and we have a we have a personal responsibility and we have a corporate responsibility and in the western culture has has done a lot of damage to the gospel but it's not new because greek culture did a lot of damage to the to the gospel roman right. culture did a lot of ga- i mean it didn't take it didn't take but moments it didn't take but moments for the purity of pentecost to be interrupted by ananias and sapphira i mean weeks if not right. a month or two at the most, 
exactly. the, the purity of a gathering of saints, as, as close as, as we could get to the ascension of Jesus Christ and the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, we've got a couple liars that were inspired by true, genuine giving uh, that God dealt with very, very quickly. And, and so how much more now separated a few thousand years uh, from the early church has more corruption, more difficulty, you know, on the way to the great falling away toward the end times. And, and so I, I can understand as a pastor and as a leader, um, it's disappointing at times to watch people backslide, um, to see, you know, it's, a, it's my responsibility as, as a leader, as a spiritual leader, to, to equip the saints for the work of ministry. A lot of what you described, a lot of what's resonating in your heart. But the, if, if it was already in us, then God wouldn't need pastors and teachers. He wouldn't appoint them to, for the equipping of the saints if saints grew up, you know, equipped. And so what you have is a lot of make-believers in churches today. You have a lot of game players. Uh, you have a lot of real, genuine, sincere people that love Jesus Christ and are working through issues in their I mean, you know as well as I do that, that there are real, true believers in the churches you've been in. Um, there, there are. I don't know how many. I, d- I don't know the hearts of people, but you know, I, I pastor a very large church, and, and, and I've been here since the church was about 30 people uh, uh, from the beginning, and, and as God has grown it. And in every phase of our church, our church is filled with glorious, wonderful people, and it's filled with people that don't have right motives, and it's filled with people that are working out things in their life. And, you know, it's, 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 a, it's a cross-section of the world, this building, um, it's a, it should be a cross-section of the world that we're in. Saved, unsaved. You know, you think of the letter to the Corinthians. Can you imagine what kind of church that was? Uh, yeah. But it was, still, it was still identified by the Holy Spirit as a viable church. Um, but look at what was happening in the church. Look what the leaders were into. Look, it was discouraging. And, and how about later on in the book of Revelation? Uh, the Laodiceans, they were a church. And Jesus wrote to them as such and called them to repentance and said, don't be lukewarm. And, and so I, I say that not to, not to, to any, any way dismiss your observations because your observations are, in many times are accurate um, because it sounds like in Afghanistan you were just blessed with a, a gathering of people that was sweet and wonderful. Um, but you know as well as I do, if you were around in that group long enough, the ugly side of sin would have raised its ugly head in due time uh, because nobody is going to have a perfect existence and difficulty certainly would have risen. And, right. and the Bible gives us, you know, it gives us provision on, on how to deal with these difficulties. And, and so that's the first part of my answer. Uh, the second part of my answer, I want to hold over to the second half. Would you mind being put back on hold and we'll, We'll Not at all. Talk about the second half, some applicational things that I might be able to encourage you with. Would you mind holding on? Yes, sir. Okay. Uh, you're, mind. Thank you. you're listening to Calvary Live. We're coming up on a break, and I, I didn't want to start an answer uh, that I couldn't finish. So we're just going to talk about a few things. We've got about a minute left before the break. Uh, and if you just tuned in, we're talking to Danny. And Danny's really shared his heart on some frustrations he's been feeling with uh, since coming back to Denver and visiting churches. Uh, and being discouraged and defeated uh, and deflated by some of what he sees uh, in the churches that he's visited. And, and you know, I think that when we begin on the second half, as we come back over on the other side, uh, we will talk about um, not only the fact that no church is a perfect representation of the heart of God, but 
you know, church is messy. Uh, it is a messy group of people that ranges from unbelievers to believers, from wolves to shepherds um, and sheep. And it's no small thing that the Bible would describe us as sheep uh, because we are. So if you're just joining us, we're coming up on our break. This is Calvary Live. My name is Ed Taylor. I'm the pastor here at Calvary in Aurora. And we're going to take a quick break and be right back taking your calls and questions. You can also text me. I forgot to mention we have a dedicated texting line, 720-336-0897. And if we have some time and, and we don't have callers coming in, although the lines are full, we go to text. This is Calvary Live. Pastor Ed, we'll be right back. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Call us with your questions about life, the Bible, and living in Jesus right now at 303-690-3000. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Again, thank you for joining us, whether you're listening in Colorado or Maryland or Pennsylvania, whether you are tuned in in Wyoming or New Jersey. We're glad that you chose to join us this afternoon. This is the show where we take your calls and your questions. It's Calvary Live. And those of you that are new to the show, you know that there's a variety of pastors that host from day to day. And we've got a great announcement. At the end of the month, we're going to be adding a Monday edition, a Monday edition. We're going to be moving the prophecy update to a Sunday night location on our dial. We haven't decided yet where it's going to go, but the prophecy update will still air on Grace FM. It'll just be a different time and a different day. And we're going to be adding Pastor Nate Morris to our Calvary Live um, lineup. He's going to be hosting Mondays, and Pastor Je- he's the pastor at Calvary in Belmar, uh, Lakewood, Colorado. Pastor Jeff Figs is the pastor at Calvary Chapel in Greeley, Colorado. He is hosting on Tuesdays. Ed Taylor, I host on two on Wednesdays and Thursdays. I'm the pastor at Calvary in Aurora, Colorado. And finally, on Fridays, we have Pastor Eric Cartier. He's the pastor at Rocky Mountain Calvary down in Colorado Springs. And then when we're traveling or when we're away or sick, we have different pastors that fill in from time to time. Uh, Nick Cady is one of those pastors. He'll be in. uh, He's the pastor of Whitefield Community Church uh, in Longmont, Colorado. And as you guys can tell, uh, Grace FM and Calvary Live is based in Colorado. So these guys are all connected to us here in Colorado. So welcome again. Uh, to Calvary Live. We're going to go back to the phone lines and we are going to connect with uh, Danny because Danny and I were talking about churches and kind of being disillusioned at various churches in Denver, but I think the same could be said in any community. Uh, Danny, welcome to the program. Hey, thanks, Pastor. I should say welcome back. So, you know, we talked about the, the, the first half of the answer that no church, really no gathering of the saints is a perfect representation of the church. It hasn't been that way since the days after the day of Pentecost. And who knows how soon after Pentecost that men's flesh and humanity and the sinfulness of man showed up in what really was one of the purest moments in the church ever to be experienced. And, of course, we're separated from them now 2,000 years, and here we are talking about churches and talking about being disillusioned by uh, what Christianity has become or 
how it's represented and and I think that once once God gives you Danny you and your wife a place where you can where you can plant yourself down uh, and you're you accept the church that God led you to as an imperfect church but the fellowship family of believers that God wants you to be in no matter what good or bad strong or weak uh, then a lot of the angst that you're feeling is is going to go away and I'll tell you why the church body that you're a part of isn't going to be dramatically different than when you walked in the door. Uh, it is a work in progress, uh, you know, and I think that you want to find, you want to find the, the characteristics of a fellowship family that you are comfortable with. Uh, I think listening to you, you're going to have to decide whether you want a large church or a small church. Uh, listening to your, the beginning of your, of your show, you're going to have to decide uh, what kind of Bible teaching uh, because God has ordained Bible teaching, and churches do it all differently, um, but you're going to have to determine what do you think is going to be the best for the health of your family, you and your wife. And I always tell people that visit here um, that if they don't receive a word from the Lord from the pulpit uh, after a few weeks, like if they're not, if, if what I'm teaching or even a guest filling in for me is not resonating with their heart spiritually, then this isn't the church for them. Because if you're not receiving the word of God that like you described it that man talking to me if that man talking to you is not the God ordained shepherd and pastor and teacher of your life and you don't have you can't develop that relationship with him then that can't be the church for you because that's one of the number one mechanisms that God uses in our lives uh, whether we like it or not that's the mechanism that God uses in our lives to 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 add it's not the only mechanism but it's the primary mechanism, the teaching of God's Word, to equip us as saints for the work of the ministry. And if after step number one you find a fellowship family that you will accept as imperfect, and that even as you experience the frustrations of the imperfections of that particular body of believers that you you can lay before the cross of Jesus Christ, the fact that you have eyes to see those imperfections the fact that you are able, by observation, to see in a church the needs that are there, you're going to be a catalyst. I don't know for how many people you're going to affect, but you might be the guy that affects the one person that's feeling just like you. And as long as the imperfections... For example, how long have you been married, Danny? Eight years, almost nine years this year. Can, can you, years. Did you guys have sort of a formal wedding? Um, we did with family. Okay, and did your wife have a beautiful dress on? She did. Wasn't she just the most amazingly beautiful, sparkling, wonderful bride in that wedding? I mean, didn't she just knock your socks off? Oh, yeah. I mean, when we do a wedding here, we set it up in such a way where the reveal of the bride at the end of the sanctuary... I I watch I, I take personal pleasure in watching the groom see his bride for the first time. It's just breathtaking. It's beautiful. It's wonderful. And would you would you still get married? Okay, so we're you're with me, right? In the picture. Yep. Mm-hmm. If you had the big reveal and you saw this woman that you've invested your life in and developed a friendship, and now the big day to covenant together in the eyes of God and friends. And you see her at the end of the sanctuary or at the end of, you know, wherever you had it, at the park or wherever you had your wedding, and 
you saw her from a distance and it's just glorious and beautiful and as she's walking up the aisle and the song is playing and tears are flowing and it's amazing it's beautiful but you notice she has a huge coffee stain on her dress what are you going to do i'm going to ignore it. You're going to ignore it. You're going to find the better qualities in her. Uh, you're not going to stop this ceremony and go, I can't believe. What's your wife's name? Andrea. Andrea, what in the world? Why didn't you spill coffee? You're not going to do any of that. You might feel it. <laughs> or you go, oh man, her beautiful dress and on her perfect day. I mean, you might have feelings about it, but you're going to accept her. And as she gets closer, you notice Man, she made a big mistake on her makeup. She looked really good at the end, and she's still stunningly beautiful to me, but the whole she missed the whole right side of her face. What are you going to do? I'm going to overlook it. And You're going to love her. Be excited. Yeah, I'm going to love are. her. And I would just pray that the Lord would give you that attitude for the bride of Christ because the bride of Christ is messy. I've, I've had the privilege of traveling around the world and I've visited a lot of different congregations, served in a lot of different congregations, uh, small and large, all different types of languages, um, all different types of settings, uh, economic backgrounds. Um, I mean, I haven't visited every single church, but I've visited a lot, and churches around the world are the same. Imperfect, people dealing with worldly things, uh, dealing whether it's movies in the Western side, or it's money in Egypt, or it's I don't want to tell anybody I'm a believer yet because I'm a Muslim and I'm going to get kicked out of my job and all types of things that we're helping people disciple them and grow them and help them to make those hard decisions. And, you know, I'm sorry that that leader that you expressed hurt to and you expressed a desire to help. I'm, I'm sorry they didn't help you because that's something that is a, a big tip-off for us as leaders, that when someone asks us for help, we're to give it help. And... We're, we're to come alongside and get somebody point, pointed toward the Lord and get them connected. Um, you know, whether, whether we find someone in the body or we, we, we have a responsibility to serve you. And I'm sorry, because I can wound somebody deeply uh, and, and, and even demoralize them anymore. Um, but just like your bride, you know, if you, if you be develop a love for the bride of Christ, you'll learn more and more to overlook their imperfections. And well, it's not. It's not the imperfections. That's that's the thing. It's like it's not. I can handle. We're all sinners saved by grace. You know, uh, there's a difference, obviously, from living in sin and 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 sinning here and there and and whatever. It's not imperfections that I can't overlook. You know, it's it's the fact that if my wife, I married my wife, and before we we met. You know, just just to give like a, an example that you know she loved me and she showed that she cared so much about me and and was just enthralled with me and and you know vice versa. But then after we get married, there's like you know no love coming out of her. She doesn't she doesn't uh, say she loves me. She doesn't show me she loves me. You know the word says, "Let us show our love not in words but in deed and action." Sure. You know, my my problem is not the fact that, you know, the church is, is uh, you know, flawed, because we're all, you know, I understand that. It, it's the problem when it doesn't seem there's even a hint of love 
personal outreaching, uh, pulling out of the fire, uh, concerned about your soul. Uh, you, you get what I'm saying? Like I, I, when I go, when I've been to these churches, it's like people, you know, the leadership, they may care from afar, but, you know, it's like the, 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 the love that by our love, you know, people will know that we're his disciples, but it's not there. So if my wife stopped loving me and treating me kind and, and caring about, you know, what's going on in my life or talking with me or then well, I wouldn't, something would be wrong. Something is wrong, but that's, you, you're making my point with your added illustration. You're making my point. Uh-huh. So your wife does turn left and isn't what she, what she, what you perceived her to be or even what she was before you got married and you covenanted with her and she changed. It's going to be your response to that that's going to have the greatest effect because you don't control your wife. I don't control my wife. It would be painful. Right. You, what you described would be painful. It would be frustrating. I have a few men that I'm ministering to right now that that's, you just described their life. That, that is right. their life, and even worse, in many worse cases. But my counsel to them is still the same. Love them. Serve them. You don't allow their sin to change you. And so you, the, the, the angst and the frustration that you're feeling is twofold. Um, one is realistic, and one's not so realistic. And the realistic one is your personal observations and the difficulties that you're facing in these particular churches. But the unrealistic one is when, you, when, when, words, when extreme words are used to describe every church and all believers, we know that's not the case. And, and that's why I think, that's why, and you can take you know, counsel as you're asking different pastors, you could take my counsel and pray through it, but you really need to ask the Lord, where does he want you? Because it's his church. It's his church, and if people, if we get in and mess it up, I mean, if I was held, if, if, if the church that I pastor, I, I was, was looked upon because of the mistakes that I've made in the last 17 years, um, it would be a sad, it would be sad because I've made mistakes in the last 17 years as a pastor and as a leader, but the glorious thing is, is that the church belongs to the Lord, and I'm a part of his church so that he's gracious and compassionate with me, and he draws me with his cords of love. And he leads me to repentance. And he reminds me that although a man falls seven times, he, he will rise again. And I can learn from my mistakes as a pastor. And, and I can be patient with those that are around me. And I can help them grow in how to serve. And, and I can remember that even the best of men, I forget who said that, but he, the best of men are still men at best. And the body is fractured and it's difficult. And so the example about the guy with the movies, if it's not an R-rated movie or something that doesn't break your conscience, when somebody's connecting me with a movie or somebody's connecting me talking about the Broncos or they're talking about you know guns, which I don't know much about guns, but if, if it meant reaching somebody, I'm going to learn about guns. And I'm going to learn how to take what they're interested in and infuse the gospel into their lives. I'm not going to be overly frustrated that they're more into movies than they are in the Lord, um, although I am. I mean, I don't think I'm frustrated. I'm more heartbroken over it. But, can, can you give me an example in Scripture? I know, I know you'd probably say right now Paul, where Paul says, I become all things to all men that I may win some, but uh, I don't see the example. It, it, where's the example? Acts 17. That? Yeah, Acts 17 is a great example. Paul's on Mars Hill, and he's doing exactly— Oh, not Acts 17, that's not— Let me get where he's at here. Where is he on Mars Hill? Uh, you know, on Mars Hill, he's reading— 
uh, he's reaching the people right where they're at. Um, sorry that I, 17 jumped into my mind. Maybe it is 17. Let me just double check. Are you talking about all the gods and then the unknown gods? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Um, what about another example? Well, because before we go to it, let's not be so, always. it is Act 17, but let's not be so quick to dismiss the example you asked for. Let's not go another example. Let's not be so quick to dismiss that example because you have okay. Paul finding himself in another culture, using the things that are around him to connect with them. It, it, if, if you want other examples, I would follow the life of Jesus. Jesus used mundane things, flowers, and how somebody dresses and the things that they're into to make a connection with people. Now, don't misunderstand me when I say, when, when I'm adding these things to your thought life and so you can pray through them. Don't misunderstand me. I, I don't think it's healthy spiritually for somebody to be more know more about movies than they do the Lord in these last days. I don't think that. I don't think that your observations are, are bad observations at all. As a pastor, I resonate with some of the things that you're saying. But what I'm trying to add to you is a perspective of your usefulness. Because if you continue to be a, um, a critic of what you see, and it continues to touch you at such a deep level where you're frustrated and, and you're just going to throw your hands up, because you're not there yet, because you and I are talking. But you know that where that's going to head. It's not going to end well until you finally commit yourself to a local body for the time that God has you there so that you can be the one to make an impact in that particular body. And it may, that body that God leads you to, that fellowship family, whether it's five families under a tree or it's a 5,000-member church, whatever, doesn't matter to me, that, that are solid in their foundational right. truths, that you find that place where your gifts and your talents can be used, knowing that really, you know, we're missionaries. We're, whether we're missionary in Aurora or we're missionaries in Afghanistan we're going to have to reach right. the culture, and this is the culture we're in. I mean, see, that's, and that's the thing. Like, these churches, it's not like I was there for, you know, a couple months and then left. You know, it's it, these churches a year at a time. And one of them I, we even went back to for a whole year. And just, you know, but where's anyway, your responsibility? I, where's your responsibility? You, you're telling me after a year? You're telling me after a year? We started serving. And, the thing is, is that in a lot of these churches— Unless you get connected with the leadership or people who are involved in ministry, you can't be a part of it. Yeah, I'm so, not familiar. I'm not. I don't. I'm. That stuff is foreign to me. I. I don't. I. I really can't speak to that. I, I haven't experienced that. I. I, I don't yeah. even know what that looks like. Um. You know, we. I, I look at our fellowship, and we're just a. You know, the complaints we get in our fellowship is we we're ragtag and we're not professional and we don't know what we're doing and. You know, well, I guess then then that's who we are. But we have the Bible, and we do our best to respond to the ministry. And you know, I I look at um, we talked today in our pastors' meeting about some opportunities that we had in ministering to someone that that had a recent loss in their family, and we we provided the funeral for them. Or I mean, I I I, I that's where I have a disconnect. I I don't I don't under, even understand that. But the person that sits in the back row here. If you came to our church and you sat in the back row and you sat by the same person every week, are you telling me you couldn't develop a relationship with them and, and not without meeting the leadership of our church? I propose to you that you could. I propose to you that there's as much ministry as you want in any fellowship as you depend upon the Holy Spirit and you lay aside some of this frustration to really love people and look for people that are being missed. 
And I really, I can't, I, I don't want you to hear me uh, in my discussion with you to say I'm approving of what you've observed in those churches. That That's a heartbreaking thing to me. Um, I, I just, no, I, I understand what you're saying. I just don't, I, I, I mean, and, and I have to look at it cause you're talking to a pastor and man, I, I can't, I can't answer like we got it all together here. We don't. I mean, right. I'm surprised I mean, that God uses us at all. Um, well, but and a lot of times, yeah, I mean, I, I hear what you're saying. It's just, for me, I, I find it hard because it, it's like, well, I have the Bible and, and, you know, there's only so much. Uh, understanding that can happen with with you know the Holy Spirit and because I'm telling you I mean I went down to the hospital for a visit the last week I went to a hospital visit and while I was in that hospital I prayed with a stranger mm-hmm. I think I, I I thought the Lord used me and I encouraged a woman that had to go in for tests and mm-hmm. I also visited the person from our church and that day I made a phone call and ministered and encouraged someone and that day I mean, it was a Wednesday, so that day I also came in and did the radio show, and, and then I taught a Bible study, and like I think I was used that day, and I didn't need a title for that. I didn't, and I'm just speaking to me. Yeah, I didn't totally. need a responsibility. I didn't need to know anybody. I could walk yeah. the halls of any hospital every day of the week and find hurting, needy people um, and take the time to be used as the body of Christ. And, you know, I, I think that there's a whole world open to you, brother. I hear your heart. And man, God is so resonating with your heart. I think so much of what you see is is connected to the very Father heart of God. And I just hope that as you're processing the frustration and some of the discouragement that, that has come through this, that you don't give up on his church. There is a church for you. There is a fellowship family for you. There is much ministry to flow through your life. And you're probably going to be the catalyst in a lot of the change that's needed in whatever church God brings you to. I really believe that. Well, I appreciate you, Pastor Ed. Uh, do you mind, would you mind just, you know, please pray for Let's us? Do that. Uh, if we could, you know, find a place. and The text lines are, are um, um, lighting up okay. because of this call. Yeah, so yeah. what you're sharing is, is resonating with other people as well. So, um, God, we, we are sorry. And even as a leader myself, Lord, I ask for your forgiveness in, in any leadership that I've, I have been a part of uh, to somehow bring disillusionment to people's lives uh, because of your church, your bride. I've spilled coffee on the dress of the bride, or um, we have. Lord, I think of all the men of God that looked at the nation of Israel and they would cry out, we have sinned against you, Lord. We have done this. And we admit to you our imperfections and we admit to you our, our weaknesses uh, and and we lift up our brother Danny and everyone and his wife and everyone that is connecting with his heart right now. Um, God, that whatever has happened to your church, not just in the our culture, but all around the world, whatever's happened to us, Lord, call us back to yourself and and give us our marching orders and give us your vision and your direction and and your heart as best as possible can be poured into imperfect people. And I pray you would heal the wounds in Danny's heart. I, I pray, God, that just the, the, the frustrations he's experienced, the, 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 the hurt, the being in a church for a year, Lord, and, and not really finding that connection um, or that place of outlet for his giftings, Lord. And um, Please, let, let, us, let us somehow, in one, some way, 
become more and more like you, Lord, in the church. And, and let even even as we know the Galatians and the Ephesians and the Thessalonians and all the churches that were mentioned in the Bible were not were, were just like this in many ways. And yet you still used us. Your word says that you use the the foolishness of this world uh, to confound the wise. You, I mean, you use the foolishness of God to confound the wise, and and we are. And so, Lord, just in this conversation, that both Danny and those listening in, it's such an important thing to talk about. I pray that it would be used, Lord, to, to encourage and to plant seeds for your Holy Spirit to do a work, both for guys that are in Danny's position and guys like that are in my position that have been trusted with spiritual leadership, and I'm going to have to answer somehow to you, God, for the souls of men. And that's a pretty scary, sobering thing. So, Lord, we commit this call to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Ed. Okay, brother. Bye-bye. Have a good one, Pat. Oh, boy. That's a hard one. Um, uh, that's, that's difficult, because I could hear uh, from Danny's perspective. It's just it's hard. Let's see, we're almost at the end of today's program, and we are uh, going to, let's take this quick question. Jacob and from Aurora, uh, welcome to the program. Thank you. Um, you guys are really a blessing. I thank God for you guys, and I keep you guys in prayer. I had a question. Okay. That, uh, did it mention the rapture in the Old Testament? Because one of me, one of my, uh, me and my brother, we we came to an agreement that Solomon and Gomorrah was like a rapture, took them out before it destroyed the city, and then uh, Enoch, Enoch walked with God up and righteous, and God took him, and he, and then you didn't see him no more. Like, did it mention the rapture in the Old Testament? Right. What, you, what you're describing are a couple of great pictures or types of the rapture in the Old Testament. No, the, the doctrine of the rapture, of the return of Jesus Christ for his church, is not explicitly taught in the Old Testament, but it's definitely hinted at in the Old Testament, and you just mentioned a few. So you would call those types or pictures of being rescued before judgment. Yes. Okay. Noah would be another what? great picture of the rapture, of being in Christ and rescued from judgment. Uh, even though the judgment came, Noah did not have to experience the judgment of God, but in Christ he was able to float over the waters of judgment. Uh, and yeah, so there are pictures, um, but there those aren't, you know, the difference between explicit, where you could go to, you know, one scripture and says the rapture will happen, uh, that's not in the Old Testament, but there are definitely pictures and types, and you mentioned a couple of them, yes. Okay, uh, yeah, um, that's a real good one. And uh, I have another question that um, I've been going through some stuff. Okay. Um, I went to your church, what a beautiful church is, uh, man, it's real real people in there looking for God, man, and talked to a couple of them. They prayed for me, and I awesome. praise God for that church. Um, um, I have a question, and um, why, like, you know how it says in Hebrew that they go back to their past feelings? Yes. Lately, I've been feeling like my head's been hurting, my eyes been burning when I wake up in the morning. Okay. And... Like, I'm struggling so bad to get into God's Word, 
Like, I want to go back where I I started, you know, what the Holy Spirit is showing me is, like, I have something against you. You left your first love. That's what it said in the uh, in, in Revelation. Well, hey, hey, brother, but, uh, brother, let me just I'm break scared. in. We're, we're going to run out of time right now, Jacob, so I can just pray uh-huh. with you because the show's going to end, okay? Okay. Lord, I pray for my brother Jacob, uh, you know, that he's in that place, God, where he wants to return to you where he's looking to be stronger like it used to be. And I just pray you'd establish him, God, that you would pour out a fresh anointing of, his holy, of your Holy Spirit in his life, that, that like you said to the church in Ephesus that had left their first love, that my brother Jacob would repent, that he would remember from where he has fallen, and that he would then come back and do the first works. And so establish him, Lord, and encourage him as he seeks you out and bring him back to even better than it was before he fell away or before Amen. he wandered away. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks, Amen. brother. Thank you. Bye-bye. Hey, thanks for listening today. So glad that you uh, joined us. Again, more information on Calvary Aurora is found at our website, calvaryaurora.org, or at edtaylor.org. That's my personal website. I post and repost some articles, write some articles on grief, life, and ministry. God bless you guys. Have a great evening in the Lord Jesus Christ, and may his love penetrate you and shower upon you and come through you. God bless you guys. Thank you for listening to Calvary Live. Be sure to tell a friend about Grace FM.